are live! Welcome everybody to TRB! Woo! Broadcast is live and here beaming to you from a galaxy far, far away. Or maybe the <laughs> Where <other are> we? <laughs> galaxy far, far away that yeah. is a little bland. I'm not going to lie. But maybe we'll see more of that because there might be more plans for live action Ezra yet. And maybe he liked it there with those little turtle people. Ninja Turtles are becoming popular again, at least in my house. So maybe Star Wars will tap into those shelled creatures we saw in Ahsoka. But James, did you see? Did you see the new movie? The new Star Wars movie? They put it out? No, the new huh. Turtles movie. Though I did. I made really one. It. Yeah, I liked it. It was yeah. pretty good. I've also been playing. <clears throat> I got this like I don't know if I told you I got this emulator with like all the old video games on it, like mm-hmm. everything. And me and my son are playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game for Nintendo. Like mm-hmm. that classic game. And he's loving it. And we got to like level four. I was very impressed. Um, but anyway, turtles be darned. Um, there are other creatures floating around the Star Wars galaxy that people have been worried about. But before we do that, I want to thank everybody for being with us here, whether you're watching live or listening on your favorite audio podcast app. Again, I'm John. That's James. Lacey will be back with us. She is... Uh, taking care of her newborn baby Archer uh, in addition to her daughter and uh, all the things that come with that. So uh, we're always talking to Lacey. She, she's doing well and she says hello to everybody, but be sure to hit her up at Lacey Gillard on social media and let her know that you miss her. I know a lot of our patrons are doing that on Patreon and on our Discord server, but Lacey will return and uh, we will let you know when that happens. But for now, me and James holding down the fort. James, yeah. Remember everybody? Well, first off, how, how was Thanksgiving? I didn't really talk to you about that. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. Um, my mom and brother, uh, who lived near by each other were actually sick, so they were unable to attend, but, uh, we still got to go down to my sister's house and Bennett was approached with a lot of new foods that he was willing to test out. Uh, but at the end of the day, he still loves his ham. He's a ham kid. A ham kid? Ham. Yeah, he eats ham sandwiches like every day. So he either buys lunch or he packs ham sandwiches. <laughs> That's like, it's always a ham sandwich. He doesn't have like multiple lunches. So is it ham? Is it just like ham on bread or does he get some cheese in there, some mayo, some mustard? What's going on? No, he usually he doesn't like condiments right now. I'm sure so that dry ham. slice of ham and bread. Dude, do you remember stuff we used to eat when we were kids? Like I would just eat straight American slices or like I'd pull out a hot dog. You know what I would eat a lot? Beignets. I don't know if you've heard of these things. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know that you've heard of them. <laughs> round, uh, round these parts, we call them fried dough. <laughs> Yeah, Beg- Bel- Belgnitz. I don't know. It, it, you'll you'll find out on our mini episode next week if you're on Patreon. But which I'll just say it now. If if you dig what we do and you like to check out more of our content, it gets a little loosey goosey, gets a little fun, and we have mini episodes and all that good stuff over there. And also, you're just supporting what we do here, which is vital for us. Uh, head to Patreon.com/slash/ResistanceBroadcast, and if you see a tier you like and you are able to support us, uh, tiers start at just five bucks. Sign up. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. Um, all right, James. Uh, oh, my Thanksgiving was was good. We went to my parents' house. Everything went well. Everyone had a good time. It's, How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, it was good. Um, <laughs> but it, no, uneventful, but sometimes that's good. It was delicious. It was great. And we went home and I don't think I put on too many pounds. So we're in good shape. Um, but one thing that you know I was talking about, people being worried about was Sabine's loth cat. 
what, what's his name? Murray or Mulney or Murley? Murley, yeah. So apparently, Dave Filoni reassured fans that that the Lost Cat is just fine, and we we will likely probably see it again. So I didn't know if you were worried about that. It was on the top of my list of things I was concerned about. So hearing Dave Filoni, you know, we get Dave Filoni, you got to ask him the important questions. Is the Lost Cat okay? Now we know the Lost Cat's okay. Did we did we know that Filoni was a pet owner? I didn't know he was a pet owner, no. I think he says in the article that he is a pet owner, and I'm like, oh, I didn't... Pet wolves? What are we talking here? <laughs> well, he probably has uh, um, a dog, and uh, because, you know, George Lucas had a dog. So I think yeah. Dave Filoni contractually has to have a dog and That's flannel true. shirts. Yeah, It's all about appearances, you know what I mean? Yeah, he he's, and his beard's getting grayer. He's slowly becoming George Lucas. <laughs> the other day I saw him with a couple highlighters. <laughs> exactly. And it's it's like the Santa Claus. He shaves and his beard's back in 5 minutes. It's Yeah, crazy. and he's like, "I'm in big trouble." <laughs> I'm in big trouble. Let me get one of the top foot Sundays though. Yeah. Um all right. My favorite uh, part of that is he orders a salad and then all that stuff when they come back later, he ate everything but the salad. But the the salad. salad is yeah. still sitting there. Yeah. Um, the so Santa good. Claus. That was a good one. I think. I think they, <clears throat> they they need to stop making more. But I like that first one. It's pretty good. I um, my wife has been watching the 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 TV show. We've all sort of been watching it, and I've been in my head because I I can't, I'm not allowed to complain uh, about things she likes. But yeah. in my head, I'm thinking I figured out what happened to this franchise. I, I I I know where they went wrong, and not just like the point, but why the decisions, why this franchise fell off. They got rid of Judge Reinhold. They didn't bring him back. That's what it is. Bingo. No, I'm just there. Kidding. It is. <laughs> uh, but some, somewhere he's enjoying his Oscar Meyer whistle. Um, all right. <laughs> now, before we get into the resistance report, because we have some cool stuff to talk about, especially, you know, Bob Iger just Who? going for it now. Um, we do want to uh, remind people if you are live with us, we're going to answer your questions that you submit in the chat here. So if you have a cool question or interesting, or you just wanted to talk about it on the, on the pod, we're going to get to a bunch later, as many as we can. Just pop it in the comment, but use hashtag Ask the Resistance so we know that it's not just a question you're just tossing out there. You actually want us to put talk about it on the show. So please do that, and we'll get to as many as we can, and uh, away we go. Um, as I said before, Lacey at Lacey Gillerin, make sure you hit her up uh, and uh, give her your thoughts on uh, how things are going in Star Wars yeah. and, and, and life and all that stuff. Uh, and then for me and James, here we are, dude. It's time to tackle the Star Wars news. And I think, you know, last week before we, uh, for Thanksgiving, we had some cool stuff to talk about. And it looks like there's uh, some cool stuff to talk about this week, too. Yep. All right. Here we go. It's the resistance. So here's the thing. Last week, I think just like that afternoon or like that, it was surely not before TRB Live, but it was like right after that night or the next day or something like that. Taika Waititi was on the Kelly Clarkson show. I believe this was Thursday. This was probably Thanksgiving morning, right? Because mm-hmm. I think we did like a, a Wednesday or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> 
<clears throat> Taika Waititi went on the Kelly Clarkson show and he had uh, he was approached with the question of so you're doing a Star Wars and he and he had a pretty yeah, give me a pretty good answer I think um, but we actually pulled up the clip so I'll go ahead and uh, I'll show that now so I heard that maybe you're doing Star Wars are you gonna do a Star Wars film? yeah I've been developing that for a few years okay uh, with them, but I think, you know, with any film, but that one in particular, it's something I'd really like to get right, so I don't want to rush it. So, um, yeah. Just going to bubble along on the side. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Our family, we were Star Wars fans growing yeah, up. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. Me too. I want to cool. capture that, you know, that joy and the entertainment of those early ones that, yeah. like Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and all yeah. those ones. So, um, yeah, OG. I'm trying to figure that out. And, uh, all right, take yeah. your time. It'll happen. Because you do it right when you do it, so take your time. <laughs> all right i like kelly clarkson she seems like a very just likable person and it seems real as opposed to like ellen or other people but sometimes uh i think taiko atiti is a little crazy you know like the way he does interviews but he's had two recent comments about this that both of them felt very genuine yes. um and yeah. real uh when it comes to uh him <clears throat> caring about the franchise caring about the movie and in this particular case, you just heard him. He says, I'm really trying to do my best more than other movies. Not that those ones aren't important, but this one specifically, I really want to do it the way these movies did it because those ones were so good and so special. And I really want to take my time with it. That's good. Those are good comments. We don't like waiting, but we know that Lucasfilm is doing lots of other things. You know, they got their TV shows and they're working with other directors. We got the Dave Filoni stuff. Um, but what are your thoughts on his comments here and when we're going to get that film? Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be years because then I saw another clip where uh, I believe it was Entertainment Tonight. I think it was Ash Crossan asked him about the fact that there's been a lot of uh, varying reports or whatever about the status of, of this movie. And he, on that clip, so I like to pair the two answers. He said, you know, they have this slate they're working on and I'm actually writing scripts myself on, on, with other things. They're going to do those movies first. So it sounds like at least the three movies that we were revealed at, uh, that they revealed at Celebration are going to be ahead of his. So then you're you're looking at... 2030 late 2020s so it's gonna be a while it's gonna be a while um but the fact that he's still talking about it and that i agree with you he did seem very earnest which i i can handle the tongue-in-cheek uh silliness of taika when he does sprinkle in some genuine comments mm -hmm. you know as you say and he did seem genuine here he does seem to really be a big fan of Star Wars. I still will not forget what he said on Disney Gallery about how he views Star Wars as something that uh, doesn't take itself too seriously, but knows when it needs to. And I think he understands that uh, balance. And uh, it's funny because th this is off the heels of, you know, another tongue in cheek comment, but sort of about how, you know, he's, he was saying he did Thor for the money uh, and that he's not like right. the biggest Thor fan. Um so, and you know, people take he gave that the, the wrong answer. Way, but, but Oscar but, Isaac but, did for Star Wars, like what? Yeah, but but Harrison Ford has been saying that forever. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, I get I got paid. What do you mean? I came? Why would I come back? Because they paid me. You know, um, and it's it's not it's not always that serious. But I like that um, Taika does seem serious about doing a good job making a Star Wars movie. But man, I tell you, I know it's not going to be the case. 
he would be and and I'm not the first to come up with this and I'm sure we've talked about this before. He really would have been perfect to take the the strings from Solo and yep. make this zany wild adventure movie. You may even have said that a long time ago and I think we have explored the idea that Taika Waititi was pegged for a movie and then later we came back and we were like, what if it's Solo 2? What if that's the movie he's working on? And it doesn't even have to be Solo 2. It could just be like whatever. Right, the, right, 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 right. Like, yeah. like make, like the crime syndicate war could be a serious thing. It wouldn't be as serious as like Andor or Rogue One. But I mean, he could do the, a real fun, like old Western vibe, shootout style, fun adventure thing that does bring in all those characters. But Again, it could also be something completely original because he was saying he was having a hard time finding an ending and Kathleen Kennedy said he was struggling with the middle. So at least, it sounds like the first part of his script is in good shape and then they got to figure out the rest. But um, anyway, uh, I do like what he had to say here. It just seems like it's one of those things we got to sort of put in our back pocket because he's going to be continually asked about this, but it seems way far away. Um, but I am leaning more towards that maybe it will happen. Um, but again, our next story that we're going to talk about in a bit, um, it seems like things might be changing. Uh, so I'm not really sure, but I don't have too much else on on the Taika thing. I do enjoy him and I do want to see him make that Star Wars movie. But based on what he said to Kelly Clarkson uh, in terms of how much time he wants to take to get it right. And then what he said to Ash Crossan on E.T., which is they're going to do all those movies first. It's going to be a while. Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of unfortunate that Thor: Love and Thunder uh, rolled out the way that it did because I don't think in general Taika Waititi makes a bad movie. I think like just about everything he does is like entertaining and definitely has core crowds of people that are like totally into it. And I think part of the reason is is because he does perfectly toe that line between things that are funny and things that are serious. Um, because yeah. I remember we when he was doing The Mandalorian, he was directing an episode of The Mandalorian, and we were all interested in how that was going to go. At the time, it was like the best episode that we'd ever gotten of The Mandalorian. And then followed that up with what we saw at the gallery, which you mentioned earlier, and everybody was just like, man, everybody has great, great comments. But he was almost trailing Filoni on his like, I don't say much, but when I say something, it's very profound. Mm -hmm. And everybody is pretty shocked at how he wasn't acting like we want, we thought he was going to be. And he was very serious filmmaker. He's like, we're talking star Wars. So I'm, I'm putting antics to the side for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, which is then interesting now because the more he talks like this, I'm starting to, um, see more of this attitude than I have uh, of the, the the silliness, even though we recently got the comment also that he was like, people are going to hate my movie. The fans are going to hate it. And it's like, that's a tongue-in-cheek thing. I don't think mm -hmm. he's being serious. No, he's joking. No. That's you know, him but... commenting on how fans, there's always going to be fans that are vocally against things. That's what yeah, he's saying. Especially with Star Wars, and I think he's noting that as well, that... If... Um, if Empire Strikes Back was made today, people would tear it apart uh, online about how it's not like A New Hope and it's too serious or, you know, how, how dare Luke get his hand cut off. You know, it, it's just the Internet. Yeah. Star Wars's mistake is when they killed off Alec Guinness, you know, 
he's like i killed off the wizard now what am i gonna do and then he comes up with this frog named minch that turns into yoda but um, um yeah uh anything else on taika no i think that's fine but i do know that we have a couple super chats i want to get to that yeah so the first one here we have freezy 2324 uh he it looks like is that the photo right there yeah it's him with mark hamill yeah and he wrote i met the goat mark hamill last weekend now for people who don't know when people use an emoji of a goat or say the goat that means the greatest of all time so freezy believes that mark hamill is the greatest of all time and it's hard to argue you know you think people don't know that i'm just kidding <laughs> james i'm being tongue-in-cheek if you will <laughs> But thank you, Freezy, hey, for the super Calm chat. down. <laughs> it's a very cool picture, and thank yeah, that's you very much. awesome, man. I, yeah. I love it when people get to have a um, a personal moment or something with any Star Wars actor because most of the time, I mean, the stories are also awesome. When you're like, I just was at the airport and I looked over and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so and so. But most of the time when people get to meet, they usually get to meet in these types of lines or something. And you know the dedication is there because they're like, well, I could be enjoying this event that I'm at that I even paid to get into. Uh, But instead, I'm going to wait for about 45 minutes to an hour or who knows how long um, just to be able to take a couple seconds with this person, get something signed. Well, especially, uh, and it's not about selling it on eBay, you know? No, exactly. And, and I, I thought about that recently about how like these autographed poachers who like find out where these people are going and, uh, they're ruining it for, you know, the, the one 12 year old who is there and is actually a fan and wants to get signed something. Cause now actors are looking for different ways into buildings and they're trying to get away from all that. So, Make your money elsewhere. Stop trying to get someone to sign 30 things so you can sell it on eBay so you can afford uh, some moronic thing that you want to buy because you're a moron. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> next we Dude, have... that's awesome, Freezy. Thank you, Freezy. That is very cool. And yeah, Mark Hamill doesn't do a lot of these and he's in his 70s now. Like, who knows how many more of these conventions he's going to want to do as opposed to just straight chilling. But uh, we do have one more super chat. From the Fort Worthian. Thank you, man. Appreciate that very, very much. Wow. Uh, awesome. Maybe the most dapper person in the resistance space. He's like our uh, our Barney from How I Met Your Mother. He's actually yeah. watching. Uh, we stream to LinkedIn as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's watching us <laughs> on LinkedIn. No, thank, thank you, man, very much. I really appreciate it. And he said, super chat to help fund TRB buying Lucasfilm from Disney. Man. <laughs> what, John, what would you do? You just found out that we have enough money to buy Lucasfilm and I already spent it buying Lucasfilm. So you have no say in the matter. Um, <laughs> I think I would buy it from you and then I would change it to Lucasfilms and make the F capital so that everybody who's been conditioning everyone, uh, it's Lucasfilm, one word, no S at the end. And then I would change it. So now the people who are wrong have it right. You see that? The mm-hmm. films with a capital F. Uh, you don't want us buying that franchise. I'm going to do the John, math, John spends all his money like buying Reese's Pieces and renaming it so Reese's Pieces is correct. <laughs> yeah. I think we would need, I don't know, like 40 million Super Chats like the Fort Worthians and then we could do this thing. So let's get those 40, Super Chats. <laughs> 40 million. 
I mean, yeah. Let's if stay on one dollar. It wouldn't be enough. But let's stay on live <laughs> until we get forty million super chats. Yeah, and then we'll die in our chairs. And then we'll find out that it wasn't worth it because we still can't buy Lucasfilm from Disney. Oh, oh no, our, our episode will get flagged for like playing Kelly Clarkson or something. And then we'll oh yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, uh, thank you Fort Worthy, and thank you Freezy, and thank you anybody who ever sends in these super chats. It, it, it helps us a great deal. So thank you, and we love getting those comments out there front and center. Um, but make sure for anyone uh, don't need a super chat for Ask the Resistance. So if you do have something cool you want us to talk about or a cool question. Uh, pop it in the chat with hashtag mm-hmm. ask the resistance. And again, super chats get zoomed up right to the front. Thank you very much. Um, now the Fort worthy and super chat again, he wrote super chat to help TRB buy Lucasfilm from Disney is a nice little segue into our next Perfect. story of the guy who actually does run the show, Bob Iger, James, huh? Yeah. So the New York times has a thing called deal book deal book conference and Bob Iger was there for a Q&A, and he had a lot of comments that were getting the shocking, here's the headline, here's the tweet uh, statement. Enough so that, I mean, you know, Bob Iger, Bob Chepik, you know, anytime there's this stuff, I'm usually having that conversation with my wife. But three specific times I had to go to her and I'd be like, did you see what Bob said? <laughs> like, I was like, this one, that's kind of crazy. Um, not crazy, like in a bad way necessarily, but it's crazy that the, the, you know, some of this stuff is getting addressed and, uh, I don't know. Do you want me to just read like the, like three major ones? Yeah, we can do the three major ones and then try to connect some dots and find a pattern here. Yeah. So yeah, during this interview, um, uh, discussing film was the first one to put this up, but it was, uh, that Bob Iger says creators at Disney have lost sight of what their jobs should be entertained first, not messages. He adds that stories infused with positive messages for the world can be great, but it shouldn't be the primary job. Um, next, another comment was Iger says that the bar is raised in terms of what gets people uh, out of their homes and into the theaters for movies due to ease of streaming series and conditioning that they'll be readily available. I had to read that twice, by the way. It was a little confusing, but there he's saying, we have, as an entertainment industry, conditioned people to say, I don't need to go to the theater. This thing's going to be on streaming here in uh, like yeah. a month. Yeah. Um, so I'll just skip it. It's not worth paying and get leaving. I'll just watch it when it comes out later. Uh, the third big statement um, was that uh, Iger says Disney has too many sequels. Moving forward, we will only greenlight sequels if the story is quality enough for it to stand up as a movie on its own. Did he, John, I, I, go ahead. What? Big takeaways. I was going to say, go for it. Like one um, of these three stand out to you. Well, they all sort of stand out to me in a way of this. Some of them are not surprises because we've heard Bob Iger earlier this year say something about uh, quality over quantity. And uh, I understand that Um, they've taken a lot of hits at the box office. One thing I don't understand is they can solve that problem um, if they feel they're sort of shooting themselves in the foot by trying to pump up Disney Plus with earlier home release dates, which in in turn affects the box office. Cause I've thought about that with some movies where I'm like, Oh man, I, I'd love to go see that. And I'm like, Oh wait, 
it's coming out in six weeks. Uh, yeah, I'll just watch it then. That's fine. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's certainly a problem. I don't know uh, about. I know people are people were very mad about what Iger had to say about the with the creators, and he had comments about the Marvel saying there weren't enough you know supervision happening on set and stuff. And I I mean that we're all just taking these quotes uh, that. I didn't hear him say so the like a lot of them were tweeted by this gentleman, Alex Sherman, uh, Sherman 4949, who I'm assuming was in attendance. But I guess what I'm trying to get to is I saw a lot of people getting really angry at Bob Iger about these comments, but I don't know in what order they were said, like in, in total context. So there's a lot of nuance to all this. I do know that I don't think Bob Iger cares what people on Twitter think about how Disney is operating. He cares what shareholders think and he cares about uh, the company making money and he's got three years left and he wants to leave on a high note. So we I don't think Bob, I, I guess my point is, huh? We should clarify that quickly. Another statement that he said is that in 2026, that's it. I'm stepping down. He's leaving no. after 2026. Yep. Yeah, and he so, said it's already in motion in terms of like who they're looking to prepare for that, uh, you know, strike one on Chappic. So Bob yeah. Iger is still in the batter's box with a couple of chances left here. But I don't think Bob Iger is purposely trying to piss people off. I think he is just looking at it from a completely business perspective um, and what he wants to what he wants his legacy to be. I do think Bob Iger cares about his legacy as much as leaving the company in good hands. I think it's both. I, I, I do believe that. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily as... Uh, likable as he does with his outward appearance with the sweaters and the smile and stuff. I'm sure he's, you know, can be a bit cutthroat at times behind the scenes. If you're a CEO of one of the biggest entertainment companies in the world, you have to be. Um, There are other billionaires who are publicly angry at Bob right now. If you see those videos. Yeah. But I, you know, he, he mentions about the sequels and stuff and he says, right now we're not thinking about making another Mary Poppins. We never will. Perhaps there'll be other ventures with equal critical and financial success, but we know we cannot hit a home run with the bases loaded every time we go into play. Oh, he likes the baseball analogies too. All right. (laughs) We also know the only way we can even get to first base is by constantly going back and continuing to swing. So that's him sort of saying they're still going to try to take some chances on new things, um, but they want to make sure those things are good. So I think what I'm gathering from all these comments is, you know, they're still going to make sequels. We're going to get a Toy Story 5 and things that are viable and, and seem like they have a strong generational foundation, like Star Wars, you know, things that are ingrained. If you make something that looks somewhat good, People who love that thing are going to go see it. Um, what I didn't, what I wish he did comment on were these remakes, these live action remakes, because if he's talking about quality over quantity, I don't know if you polled people, I know some of them made good money, like Lion King and, and Aladdin and stuff, but I think if you polled a lot, of, a lot of people, they would say that they think a lot of these live action remakes have missed the mark a bit. And I'm wondering how important those are going to be moving forward. Cause we already saw snow white got pushed back to 2025. I don't know if that's a PR thing because of the Rachel Zegler stuff, but anyway, it gets pushed back. Um, so I, I'm not really sure what to put uh, with all of these things, but in terms of how it impacts star Wars, it seems like we're not going to be getting a billion movies. We're going to get maybe one movie every couple of years again. Uh, but he wants to make sure that they're all hands on deck. And it's like, 
you know, ILM team A is on that Star Wars movie. You know, uh, you know, this person who handles, you know, the finances of this are making sure that, you know, they're on board with that. I, I think it's going to be less uh, widening the pool of talent that contributes to these movies in the effort of making multiple things so that when there is a Star Wars movie that is go and they're filming and recording, they have the best talent around that movie. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I understand why people get rubbed the wrong way when he makes comments about how the production of a certain movie went or what have you, because he is an executive and we're fresh off the strike. It's just a bad mm-hmm. timing from the optics. Like if he said this five years ago, when, you know, like TLJ comes out and maybe it's a mixed thing, people would be like, yeah, Bob, yeah, that's right. You know? So it's all mm-hmm. about the timing of when things are said. I don't think Bob Iger is trying to be hated. I think he t- spends a lot of time trying to put off this likable image. And remember when he got hired, he, he came back. Everyone was like dancing like we were on yes. Endor at the end of Return of the Jedi. So I don't think anything he's saying, he's saying to deliberately upset people. But I do think he's just speaking outside of the bubble of you know social media and reactive internet and saying what he thinks is best for that the business. Um, and it doesn't mean you agree or disagree with everything he's saying, but he's doing what he can to keep his job, preserve his legacy, and uh, make sure he leaves Disney in good shape so he's not looked at as like a Michael Eisner or even a Bob Chappick when his legacy is looked back on. So. Mm-hmm. I mean that that first statement, like you said, is probably the most like controversial one as, as far as uh, – yeah. Yeah. You know, he adds the stories with positive messages for the world can be great, but it shouldn't be their primary job. It's like one of those things where I see a, a, a whole group of people saying, thank you, get rid of the woke crap or whatever. And then I see another group of people that are saying like, no, this is like corporate corporations taking over what's important and what we need to do to make it an actual change in the world. So it's like that sucks for one person and it's great for another. Um, and I, I I mean, I don't particularly keep track of what they're doing as far as like, oh, this one's female led or anything like that. I, but, you know, I'm like looking at the, 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 the listings. I went to a website where it's like has like all the Disney movies, you know, and I was like, well, what is what's the message that they're trying to send? You know what I mean? It's probably inclusivity and probably the main one would be like female led movie. I looked through it all and it was like 40 movies, 40 of the most recent Disney movies. And it was, it was majority by far, actually female led movies in, in Disney coming out recently. And on that's right off the cuffs of, um, like wish and, uh, the Marvel's not doing well. And I was like, well, is that a fact? Is that a thing that female led movies don't make as much money? I looked it up and there's, evidence that says no there's not in fact they usually make more money but that article was like in 2018 yeah well yeah i know but also that's one movie in comparison to other movies that maybe have male led that also made just as much or whatever so is but the this evidence year it does make more yeah this year where we're hearing oh the marvels didn't do well because of the strikes it's like no it didn't it didn't do well because it's probably not a good movie Right. It's so this the, is all of this is just a big mis, mix up of like political stuff that like we don't really think too much about when it comes to Star Wars. Although the three recent Star Wars movies were also female led, you know what I mean? And they made uh, a ton of actually money. Kind of four, right? So we had Rogue, Rogue One, One, and also then Solo was the only like male led right. 
but and I Kira, don't know Kira that was a massive part of Solo. Let's not under, yes, underrate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting because I think now, um, I and again, you know, it's it, it, we got to really try to step outside of the bubble of like diehard fans or like social media reactions and stuff because general Disney fans aren't probably reading these interviews and they don't know what the direction of the company is and they're not listening to these shareholders calls. They're just like, oh, what's coming out? Oh, okay. You know, I, it's- I think there's a lot of people that hear this headline though. You know what I mean? Their friend tells them or something like that. And they're like, oh, I love Disney stuff. They don't love it. Like we love it. Like we're looking into it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that statements like these do make their way to to the casual fans. At least yeah. the headline statement. Yeah, yeah, I, I I do too. And and ironically enough, um, you know, as much as we push for Solo and how popular like the Make Solo Two Happen stuff is and was, uh, I I think it's better if these studios listen less to the loudness of social media about things. And, and just, you know, cause we didn't like it. They, I feel like fans are too close now mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but um, anyway, I, I'm still hopeful that we're going to, when it comes to star Wars, I think the movies that they announced at celebration are still going to happen. Um, I'm curious what they're going to do with star Wars on Disney plus moving forward. Cause if his, if his point I is was- about making money, um, their focus has to be on movies, and then from there, maybe they can reignite new Disney Plus series off of those movies. They got to so, make money with these movies first. So, I was going to ask you about that statement of the the bar has been raised in terms of what get people out of their house and into the movies because of streaming services. And I was like, so which direction do you think this is going to go? Because my first thought is that I think the general person hears that statement and goes, oh, so they're just going to make higher quality movies. So that might be the case. But also it makes me wonder if they're going to (laughs) do many things on the streaming service side, raise prices or itemize things where like you can buy prices. Yeah, they did raise prices, but I'm talking about actually raising prices to compete with the amount of money that they were making when they didn't have the service and they, and people would go see these Disney movies and they need to get back to that, that uh, thing because all of their movies are coming together. So they need to be making multi-billions with, um, I with just, streaming service as a whole, but also do really quickly. Cause another thing I thought of is itemizing uh, things where you say something like, yeah, we're going to do, um, you know, this artist live concert. Uh, it's on Disney plus it's, it's 1999 to watch live. You know what I mean? And like actually come up with itemized content or like, hey, you can get the movie. Um, you can get Indiana Jones streaming, you know, after after it's in the theaters. But just like digital, it's going to be $19.99 to get it to access on Disney+. Plus. I think they did this like once before um, where you had to pay an additional price to get something. I want to say that it was Black Widow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Black Widow. Yeah, you pay... Oh, and Raya, The Last Dragon, I think? Yeah, they were... They you were had pretty, to pay an additional price to get it, get access it to it on bucks. Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah, early. Yeah. And I, my only assumption is that that experiment did not go positively 
for them because it has pretty much disappeared. And I know that was closer to 2020, but I would think if they did that in response to 2020 and then they were like, holy crap, we made a ton of money. They would keep doing it. I think, yeah, I don't know about that. My, my thing is about the, the theatrical experience because I do think it's just so vital for them to put out good movies because then everything else uh, is helped out by that. But he did acknowledge the bar set by the bu- box office bubble, if you want to call it the pre-pandemic bubble, where even movies that, like Rise of Skywalker made a billion dollars. And P.I. will never forget when its box office run ended, people were like, oh man, it was the worst out of the sequel trilogy. It just it just barely scraped a billion dollars. I'm like, that movie made a billion dollars. Like, <laughs> do you understand how big that is? And it's like, I don't know if we'll ever see a Star Wars movie make a billion dollars again, let alone, like I feel like right now, James Cameron is the only immortal filmmaker because marvel's now had bombs which we was unheard of uh james cameron's like i I got the secret which is the only way you could see this movie this way is if you go to the theater which is the avatar stuff but i don't know like the like a star wars movie making a billion dollars like four years ago people were like wow rise of skywalker just barely did it and now it's like if if you told bob Iger that the next star wars movie is going to just make just under a billion dollars he would be like, I'm signed on for 10 more years. Here we go. Let's go. So, so it's it's just a different. That's interesting. I just. Oh, sorry. It's a different that. animal. Yeah. If I, I just Googled it really quickly. And the article that I clicked on first was Disney won't have a billion dollar movie in 2023. It was the first year in a long time that they've not had uh, since 2014. Excluding the pandemic years is what they said, mm-hmm. but but we're at that point now where like Disney was putting out billion dollar movies every year, uh, and it's not just Disney; it's the entire industry because. And I know this is a lot of money; it is, but it's also only two movies did billion dollar uh, box office this year, and it was Barbie. And do you know the other one? Uh, that it did a billion. Yep. Pop uh, quiz chat. What do you think it is? Uh, Guardians. Nope. Hmm. It's not Marvel. It wasn't Oppenheimer, right? Nope. Don't know it? All right. It's the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, it made a billion? Yeah, and very good. I love that movie. I I, I didn't watch it closely enough. I got to watch that again. Um, Carolyn uh, brings up a good point I want to bring up out of the chat of how it was $30 for the early viewing uh, on Disney plus for some of these movies. And she's right. $30. If you get the whole family on the couch, way cheaper than going to the, the movies. Correct. I do think movie theaters need to reevaluate uh, the pricing of that stuff. And they probably need to work hand in hand with the, the movie studios to come up with the perfect recipe to I, get people back. Um, I want to say that that too, um, the way she words it and the way that I remember it was that it was early access on Disney plus, but it wasn't simultaneous with the movie release. And I'm curious if how much money they would make if they said the day that the movie comes out, you can watch it at home, but it's, it will be as expensive as the family of four that go, you know? Well, also, 
I think if it's a big action movie and you're like, man, you got to go see this thing on the big screen, like like how Tom Cruise is like, you got to come in and see Top Gun with the sound and the spectacle and all that stuff. Yeah. But add like go old school, like have Disney go old school and maybe it takes a little hit on Disney Plus, but maybe that helps the box office, which you don't have to worry as much about the subscriber count on Disney Plus, which is this movie is not hitting streaming until, you know, eight months from now. And I know they have to fight piracy too, which is an issue. They 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 gotta keep an eye on that, but they gotta change something. And I'm not here to uh, I'm no expert on that, but I know something's gonna shift. But also at the same time, I think the he he brings up the point that uh, we got to a point. He he Bob Iger said we got to the point where if a film didn't do a billion dollars in the global box office, we were disappointed. That's an unbelievably high standard, and it's he's right. Yeah. So like, look at some of your favorite movies from when you were a kid, like. Even like the Term- well, Terminator 2, like made like $200 million or whatever, which would be like $400 million today. It's like billion dollars is crazy. And we were so used to it because of Marvel and Star Wars that now anything that's below that, like when the Batman came out last year, still people had trepidation about pandemic-y stuff. It made like $800 million or $750 million. Yeah. And people were like, yeah. oh, the Batman didn't live up to the Dark Knight or whatever. And it's like, that movie made a lot of money, man. Like... Yeah, so I mean, we know as Star Wars fans, it's like, oh, The Last Jedi failed because it made less money than the hit The Force Awakens. Most sequels make more money than their original movie. (laughs) I know. Most most movies, like, nobody expects them to be good. They hear that they're good, but they didn't make it to the theater because they don't even know what that is. Then when they see it and they like it, they go see the second one. That's not what happened with Star Wars. It's a completely different story. Everybody knew what Star Wars was. They went out and saw the movie. Everybody liked it. It made it, it made, uh, what, what was it? 2.3 billion. What, what did Star Wars force awakens? Oh, the force awakens was like two, yeah, 2.2 billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. The only Star Wars movie that would eclipse it would be the original Star Wars if ticket prices were the same. The original Star Wars still has the most right. tickets sold. Um, yeah. but, but also dude, La- released in theaters multiple times. The Last Jedi made $1.3 billion. Yeah. That movie that split fandom stuff. And I know it was right off the heels of The Force Awakens, which at the time, I think still people yeah. people still do mostly. Everyone loved it. So they're like, let's go. Let's see where Luke's doing. Let's go. So and it does make me wonder that, if but. Last Jedi had the reception that The Force Awakens did. If people would have went and saw, they were excited. They went and saw the second one. The second one, just as good, maybe if not better. That movie probably also would have crossed the two billion mark as well. Yeah, but it's 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 crazy because I know. <clears throat> Again, you know, right off the end of these strikes, so the CEOs are already in this like cast in this villainous light and then Bob Iger comes out and makes these quotes even about you know how the marbles did and stuff and people are going to be pissed online he I he doesn't care um he's gonna say what he thinks is right for his business and he's been doing this for a long time so uh, you know people can post and get mad at Bob Iger and stuff and a lot of that might be completely valid I'm not saying people's opinions are not valid they completely are if you feel he Mm -hmm. is saying things that you're like that is messed up you have the right to say that, and you're probably right in from from your vantage point. But you know, this guy has three years left to try to get things back on track, um, get things back into the black from from a revenue perspective, and leave a legacy for himself, uh, for the studio, 
and everything that he thought he was leaving when he left the first time in 2019. So he's going to learn from when? those mistakes and we'll see how it ends up. But I have this feeling that by the end of all this, uh, when he walks away in 2026, I think people will look back uh, in a positive light on his reign in general, uh, especially as the all the turmoil and tension about the things he said about actors and all that stuff during the strike, uh, mm-hmm. which was all part of his business tactic. Don't don't be confused that he definitely had a PR team, you know, telling him like, yeah, push that button, don't push that button. You know, the CEO of Disney is not, you know, just spouting off on Twitter, that sort of thing. He's, he's very mm-hmm. measured. He's very careful with what he says. But I think in years when things settle down and they look back on what he's done, I think people will be like, oh, I like Bob again. But who knows? I don't I don't have a stake in the game. I'm just guessing. Yeah, it, it uh, it's all tricky, man. But um, I do so crazy. I do want to talk about Dave Filoni again. I want to hit our last story. Um, Dave Filoni was going on about uh, live action Ezra and his importance. And this was with EW's Star Wars podcast, Dagobah Dispatch. Um, he was on there as a guest and they were talking about, uh, that's actually where we got the, the quotes earlier about Merle. Um, if we didn't say it before, that's where that came from as well. But Dave Filoni talking about several threads setting up the live action Ezra, uh, his importance back and what ultimately, uh, the way he handles every move with Ezra is important because just simply him being back is evidence for, uh, the new Republic as uh, he can vouch that Thrawn is doing his thing. I mean, the fact that he's alive is proof because they have record of him being gone. You know, it's it's every move with Ezra is important. And Dave says he sets up multiple threads. Uh, so he just spoiled that Ezra is not going to die in the next season, I think. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Um. I don't, the Ezra thing is very interesting because I think it was received well by fans who like Ezra, but I also think, you know, just coming off of that Bob Iger story, like Bob Iger's probably like, ah, who's this character? Like how important is this character? And, you know, um, which I know is blasphemous to us Star Wars fans, but to Bob Iger, he's like, I don't know. Um, I do like that Filoni has all these ideas for Ezra, but it seems he's speaking from the measured perspective of, well, we're not sure you know, where we're going because of what's going on with the company. Uh, you know, Disney's obviously keeping a careful eye on things, um, especially their precious IPs like Star Wars. Um, I, I think we'll definitely get a bunch more of live action Ezra. Um, you know, the actor seems really into it. He's just getting started. He's not at that burnout stage yet. Uh, but if he gets to that burnout stage, that means he got a lot of attention for it, which is a good thing. So, it's it's a catch twenty two, um, but I think we'll get an Ahsoka season two. I think that'll be it for Ahsoka. But I think Ezra will be a part of that movie, and then where they take him forward remains to be seen. Uh, do we get an older Ezra in you know the Ray movie? I'm not sure. Um, but you know, one one more point to blend these two stories. I, as I was thinking more about what Bob Iger said and now what Dave Filoni is saying, I really wonder if. I, I think now that almost cements the fact that the Ray movie, for example, is definitely going to rely heavily on the legacy and nostalgia stuff. I, I think there is no chance we're getting that Ray movie, which they're seeing as the closest thing 
to the path line of the original films because it was sort of like a handing of the baton. I think we're 100% getting all the legacy and evergreen characters back in that movie. Um, so I don't think when Daisy said that's not what I expected, I don't think it was like, there's no 3PO, no R2. I think all of those characters are going to be in it. I think they're going to go heavy on that and then allow the story to do the new stuff. But I think we're going to get all the familiar characters, Falcon, the droids, Chewie, even like Babu Frick or BB-8, stuff from the sequel trilogy that are almost going to have their own legacy feel in a return, a little bit of a mm-hmm. crowd pop type of thing. They're all going to be tr- in there, in the mix, and it's going to feel like home, and I think that's going to be important for them. Um, I, I think more than ever, now that he said that, about needing to make sure these things are good and successful, I don't. I, I think there's concern about Star Wars branching out too far where diehard fans are like, yeah, I love this, new... And, but casual fans are going to be like, I don't know any of these characters. Like, they just called this Star Wars, you know? And mm-hmm. if you put yourself in the shoes of a casual Star Wars fan, not you, a casual Star Wars fan, they need that pull. And I think they got to walk that fine line. We're going to talk more about that on Monday. Um, but what do you think about the, the Filoni and Ezra stuff? Do you, do you like that there's these loose ideas he has for his future? Do you think there's a definitive idea he has but it's hinging upon like you know what disney decides to do where are you at with it i mean i think dave filoni's like yoda in that in that uh you know the future is always in motion kind of thing he's aware that he has an idea of where he wants things to go but he's not holding on to those things so tightly that it messes up everything if uh something gets changed um which is like uh, one of his statements was like, well, I got him home at least, you know, like he was in fear that that story just may never be told. He may never actually get to do that part. He had it in his head that he eventually was going to bring Ezra back, but you never know. They might not be able to tell that story that Disney may pull the plug on rebel stuff because, you know, they need Dave to focus elsewhere. Um, but he says, at least I got him home. Um, but when it comes to now we have this character, a very strong Jedi character in the mix, I have to be very careful about where we take him. I have to, uh, make sure that he doesn't, um, you know, start a new army because where was the army, you know, mm-hmm. or start a new school of Jedi. Cause where were all the Jedi? Yeah. You know, it's like everything that Ezra does has to be, um, sort of, uh, combed with a fine, what you know, what, you know what I'm looking for. What's the phrase? Fine tooth comb. Fine comb. Yeah, yeah. Um, because anything that he could, they could tell a story would have huge ramifications on the the other stories that they've already told that take place later in the timeline. So I think he is willing to sort of play it by ear with that character, but he is very aware that that character is important because, and wants to continue to make that character important because we, he, he needs to let the casual audience know that all of that, despite how bad Thrawn is, because he's trying to build up how Thrawn is, he also needs people to know that Ezra was worth it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and absolutely. So he's a tricky character, but I, I love that Dave is in charge of him. Um I mean, what, what, what can I say about Dave that we haven't said a million times before? Like he knows what he's doing. Trust in the, the method. Um, he's got it. 
Yeah. Um, so not a whole lot to say, um, more than what he already did say, but I am looking forward to the stories as they unfold in Ahsoka season two or possibly other shows. By the way, we, it's not one of the stories today, but we also saw maybe that uh, Skeleton Crew is looking for a winter or holiday season release for 2025. It's kind of yeah. interesting. It's rumored, uh, right? Yeah, a little bit more pushback than maybe we thought. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, no, winter 2024 next year. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I do that all the time. I think I get one. I literally was even sitting there thinking, I need to make sure I got the year right. Which it's means... De- yep, it's definitely 2025. Which means... I next, said it and I'm wrong. Which means the next show out uh, sounds like it's going to be The Acolyte. Yeah. Acolyte, what, then, yeah. and potentially Andor Season 2, which I think will happen, because I think if it goes on any longer, Tony Gilroy is going to like shut it all down and burn it all. But my guess was, um, I said skeleton crew t- early 2024, then tales of the Jedi and acolyte in late, but it, I, it, we think that's flipped acolyte early 2024 skeleton yeah. crew late 2024. Yeah. I think acolyte will be spring. I think Andor will be summer and I think, uh, November holiday. I mean, but we've already seen stuff for Skeleton Crew in promotional material, and we haven't seen Mm -hmm. anything for Acolyte. Not trailers. Mm. I'm just saying in promotional material. We will see upcoming stuff. Anyway, and again, that was a rumor, so it's not not really a thing anyway. Um, All right, well, that is going to be it for Resistance Report this week. I'm going to go ahead and put the, uh, the, the little logo up for Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering they don't matter as long as you work hard you can be a jedi too anakin and you were and you had the midichlorians it was like he was like double he worked hard and he had the midichlorians over 10 i'm saying ten thousand, but you're hearing twenty thousand. over 20 over twenty thousand. right can't do it yeah good editing um all right, so Ask the Resistance. Yeah, we, uh, thank you for people who have submitted questions. We'll get to a bunch here. Uh, maybe we can try to get through three, four. We'll see. Um, let's see. We're going to start here with this one from Semperfy Danny. So, James, you remember Dr. Pershing? Who? Uh, he got his brain all scrambled up when we saw right. him last in Mando Season 3. And... Uh, Ella? Was that her name? Elia, I thought her name was. Kane? Yeah, Elia sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, will will they appear in any of the upcoming future Mandoverse projects? Do you think we've seen the end? Uh, or do you think there's more to that story? Um, Elia Kane, yes. Dr. Pershing, big question mark. I tended to think that she was just like torturing him and he's not dead. But I remember more so Lacey. I not, I don't particularly remember, but I got the vibe that both of you were more on the no, that was him dying. He's gone. He's been brain fried. That uh, character's done. Yeah. Or just completely beyond the point of return anyway. I, the, the way I saw it was more of a Bodie Rook kind of thing where it's like, he's lost his mind. <sighs> But they can, I mean, just work through it. You know, you just need caring people to help you get through that. 
process and you can return to normal and be helpful and be a character again. I, d- I usually show, I mean, I don't want to say usually, but I get the feeling that a lot of these shows don't like throwing away people. Like they always like um, Carl Weathers being involved. So to like kill him off would mean that he doesn't be, get to be involved. Of course, he's a bad example because he's also a director, but you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. that when you're in the show, they like to have you around as a, as a character that they can build on instead of like bringing you in for literally three seasons, just have a, a short storyline where they like, where you're like trying to do better and they kill you off. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it, doesn't that seem a little like <clears throat> punishing the, the actor and the, and the character for almost no reason. There was, yeah, a reason, I was, but you know, what I I'm always saying. love interviews with actors when they talk about when they learned that their character is being killed off. And, <laughs> I remember seeing it. I won't spoil this for anybody because they may not have seen it, but for Sons of Anarchy, I mean, a lot of people die on that show. And I remember one person's interview, they were like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. It's like, I was going to try to, you know, make my pitch as to why, you know, I should be back. And they weren't having it. It's just funny because I bet some actors are like, oh, thank God. I want to get out of that contract. And some actors are like, no. You know? Yeah, it's like literally the opposite of Harrison Ford. He's like, no, 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 you need to kill him. You, yeah, there's no more purpose for this guy. You gotta yeah, kill him. get rid of him. I don't want to keep showing up in your dumb yeah. movies. Which, which is funny because um, <laughs> he Lacey shared that. a clip with us earlier about Adam Driver uh, and how he used like a few years ago he was almost uh, shouted out every day in public about how he killed Han Solo, and now he says it's down to about once a month. But he still mm-hmm. gets people saying like, you killed Han Solo. I think it's one of those things where like he probably works with people on sets all the time that just that it's like the one opportunity you're talking to Adam Driver and you're trying to be casual be like, hey, man, we, what's the deal, man? You killed Han Solo. And they're just trying to be casual or whatever. But it's like, he's probably yes, like, oh, my yes. God, I'm just an actor. I'm just an actor. Um, but yeah, Eli Kane, I think for <laughs> sure. Dr. Pershing, I think might be gone. I agree. So, um, but yeah, I think Eli Kane has probably more to offer, but I'm not sure what that is, but we'll find out. Um, all right. Next up we have Kenny Crayley. What's up, Kenny? And he said, where do you guys stand on the whole original versus special edition debate when it comes to the original trilogy? Do you think both versions should be available? I I'll start with this. I have, I'm not going to blow up their spot, but one of our listeners had sent me uh, like a 4K version of the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. So I have those discs. Um, But I think because George Lucas was so adamant about the special editions being his fully realized version is why we're not getting the originals on uh, Disney Plus and stuff. And it wouldn't shock me entirely if in the contract of sale, he said, um, please don't put out the originals. The way I see my movies is the latest version I made. Uh, those are the versions I want generations to watch of my movies. So if it was a thing where George Lucas was like, oh, I love the originals, but I also love what we did with this, they'd probably put out both. I think this has more to do with how George Lucas felt about these movies than Disney or anything else. And it wouldn't shock me if there was a sort of addendum or stipulation in that contract saying like, please do not put out the originals. That's those aren't my movies anymore. Mm -hmm. This version is the complete vision. What do you think? You know, generally I tend to, I tend to see George's side on this um, because 
to me, I think like if I make something and I put it out and I publish it and and then I go like, oh, uh, I made a mistake or, or oh man, mm. I just released it like yesterday and now I have so-and-so here. I think I should, as the publisher, have the right to be able to, uh, you know, unlist that video or whatever it is, you know what I mean? And pull it back, make it and put it out as something. Which we've, which we've done. Bigger and better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to agree with that, but I would say that I do think generally it's a little bit like, why not? I, I kind of just don't understand the other argument. And one really comparable thing here is like the music industry, for instance, they don't do that. Like I can't, I can't think of any example ever of an artist who had a song out and then released some type of like updated version of it while also deleting the other one. Um, oh yeah. I don't especially think years and years and years it. later. Like I think like, I think Kanye had like a couple, like he, he remixed the tracks and then put it out and then he it, like erased the old ones. Yeah, but Kenny's not better like that. a month later or something. What? Kenny's asking you click on a new hope and it says, you want to watch the original? No, you no, watch? Yeah. yeah. He's not saying get rid of one or the other. No, so no, there no, are, no, 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 there no, are no, songs that's what where saying. it's like, I'm saying you just said delete. You just said delete. No. Yeah. I'm saying I can't think of any artist ever that has done that because every time they do it, they don't, they leave the original versions available right. and untouched. Right. Yeah. Right. They don't ever get rid of them, which is what, what, um, George Lucas and Disney have done. They've deleted the other ones. They do, they don't give you access to them. They removed them. They took them and, away. Yeah, I, I I mean I have the the tin set that has the original trilogy well, on. Yeah, obviously if you bought like a physical copy of something, right? But they don't make it available anymore. Is what I'm saying. To stream? No. Yeah. 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 And they or haven't purchased on or yeah. They haven't officially created 4K versions of the original original. Right. 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 Hundred yeah. percent. So I. To me, I'm sort of like, I kind of get both sides of it. I just was upstairs and I watched Home Alone and I saw there were edits on the Disney Plus that that don't have like the full effect of some of the damage that he does to the to the burglars. Oh, I'm really? Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this has been edited by Disney Plus. And I'm like, so how do I get the original? Where could I, where could I watch it? And I, I don't know, like maybe like if I buy it from iTunes or something. But I kind of felt like I was like, oh, I can't watch the original version, even though maybe I could. I, I don't know. All this to say is I tend to agree with somebody saying this is my property. I'm allowed to pull it back and give you a, a different version of it because I ultimately own it. I, I think that's fine. But also, it does seem a little weird and it feels a little bit like, why not? Why are you making it so I can't find this? It's it's almost historical. Like I think that's the biggest argument. It's like people don't want to. People aren't arguing that it's better than the new crappy ones. People just want that there so that they can keep the history of how the films were made mm -hmm. and uh, when things were changed and just all the the history that goes into it. Because um, Star Wars is important to a lot of people. So I I also I just don't get it. Like I don't know why they don't release it. I can't imagine that it really is just like a vision thing, you know, like 
Oh, um, George Lucas took that stuff so seriously, though, that I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying Disney saying like, oh, man, if people saw the movie that was actually released in theaters in 1977, they would dislike Star Wars. Oh, They'd yeah. be like, oh, this is way worse than I remember. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Kenny, for that question. Uh, thank you, Danny, for your question. And we'll get to two more. Uh, a quick one. I'll pop up here. Christian, uh, a.k.a. Chris. He's uh, Morales. He asked, John, why is your room super bright and what's on your couch? So that is the uh, co-pilot buddy talking Chewy. So that's what's on my couch. Uh, and then why is it so bright? My Star Wars sign, dude. That's why. I think pumps. I actually have to replace some of the bulbs. Um, all right. But his real question, James, is what are your personal hopes, two of your personal hopes for Star Wars by the end of 2025? I think I have mine. So if you need time. Um, I mean, right off the top of my head, I want the shows that are on Disney Plus, whether they are or including both Skeleton Crew and Acolyte to be hits. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't want a show that comes out where I like it as a Star Wars fan, but it's understandable why other people don't want to watch it or they don't care. Like, I mm. love it. And and to, like, always have to be in that argument with people, I feel that way sometimes with, like, Andor, you know, for instance. Like, it's like people are like, oh, I stopped watching. It was boring or whatever. And I'm like, oh, and I have to, like, argue and fight for it. I don't want that to be the case, man. That's yeah. what I want out of Star Wars. I want <laughs> to be able to be like, yo, did you see the new Star Wars? Yeah, I did. High five. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. And we're like yeah. pumped about it. That's like my biggest thing is like I'm I'm sort of tired of being like a fringe fan of some obscure property that nobody knows anymore. You know what I mean? I, I'm already a Linkin Park fan. I don't like having to de- defend a band that people listened to 20 years ago. I'm, I'm like, they're still good. You know, like, ah, I don't know. I just don't want I don't want to be that for Star Wars. Right on. Um, for me, it's by the end of 25. I want to know that the next Star Wars movie completed filming. Uh, we get a teaser trailer at Celebration for it. And that the n- next movie after that has either completed filming or is filming. And I want oh. that film to be the Mangled movie. Um, so that's what I want for Star Wars. But my my brain... I did the really- same thing again. I, I was thinking 2024, like next year. Oh yeah. So at the, by the end of 2025. 2025 when that movie when the movie is we probably have a teaser or something at this point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Celebration yeah. teaser a year before it comes out, have people go bananas like TFA 2014 style and around Thanksgiving. Um but my brain is uh, all focused on Star Wars movies because I I have I really enjoyed a lot of the Disney Plus shows, but they don't live up to the budgetary standard of the movies. And I'll even say that for Andor. I thought Andor was visually really well done, but it's, uh, it still doesn't reach the, uh, the visual look and sound and feel of, of those movies. And I think that's where star Wars is at its best. So I, I, I want star Wars to be back in theaters and, and to really sh- make a statement that it's back and then the shows can come thereafter um, which I love, but they're, they just they can't live up to 
the awesomeness of the event of a Star Wars movie and the buildup to it and stuff. So my brain's all movies. I want it done filming. I want a teaser a celebration. I'd say I want, I want, I'm hoping for. And then uh, the, get that other movie rolling as we're promoting, you know, that Ray movie. That's what I want. And, and I, I think feel like you, when, I, my last point, when a Star Wars movie is in the pipeline, being made post-production, that also makes it talking about that stuff a lot more fun too and podcasting and community and all that right. stuff. Uh, you know, a leak of a Lego box that's not that harmful. You know, that type of fun stuff that fans get to dive into and really get our hands in the clay and have stuff to talk about. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> when it comes to, so I was doing 2024, if you're including 2025 as well, when you do have the, the teaser uh, out, most likely. I I think that teasers and, and um, uh, trailers and things like that, those tend to lean on the positive side. I think a lot of people are excited when they see the, oh, the trailer for a movie and then they go see the movie. It's very rare that something comes out. Like, I don't think a Star Wars movie ever is ever going to have ugly Sonic in it or something where people are immediately like, what did you do? <laughs> you know, and they're like, well, we thought it'd be a good idea. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, L- Lacey is so over Palpatine right now oh, that I man. like to bust her chops and be like, Imagine if he had another child and raised, you know, and, and just to bust her chops completely. But when the trailer came out and she was in the auditorium with Ian McDermott coming out, you and I were on the show floor. Everybody went bananas when we heard that laugh and we saw him walk on stage. We all knew Palpatine was returning. We were mm-hmm. all in on that. And then the movie comes out. People are like, I can't believe they brought back Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, so that, that, uh, that wraps up our uh, questions here on ask the resistance. So we want to thank everybody who sent them in. Sorry, we couldn't get to all of them, but, uh, we are up on time, but, uh, yeah, James, any other last thoughts before, uh, we close out last thoughts is this Saturday. We got one more game for FC Cincinnati. Hopefully with oh, Eastern conference. Very important. And yeah. it is against the biggest rivals, the other Ohio team the Columbus Ooh. crew. So they call it hell is real. The rivalry. Oh. So hell is real is happening again. They played them once they won. They played them the second time crew won. And so now this is a winner takes all. And it literally means Eastern conference title and the ability to play in the MLS cup. Joking. And if people want to talk to you about that, it's at Myra trunks on social media. At Myra trunks. Talk yeah. to me Saturday night. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me at Johnny Hoey, uh, and I don't have any other thoughts. Uh, I've, I've, I've exhausted all of my thoughts. Um, and again, Lacey at Lacey Gillerin, uh, mm-hmm. Lacey is, uh, doing well and says hi to everybody out there from us. Uh, we want to give a special shout out. We talked about Patreon before. Uh, it is vital to the success and growth of TRB. No doubt about it. So we want to say, uh, thank you to everybody who does, uh, support us. Uh, we know the economy is kind of wild. Um, so uh, people still be able to believe in us and support us in that way is amazing. Thank you. Uh, we want to give a special shout out to our generals and spice runners on Patreon. Uh, we have Carmelo, John Reese, Jenna Rosewater, Frank Rondé, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny Micromori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, Diana and Dave Hornack. And the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian. Um, 
and all of our listeners and however you take in TRB, thank you so much. Uh, our Spotify wrapped, you know, a lot of people found us on Spotify for the first time this year, which was pretty cool because we have been growing on that platform for a while. So thank you. If you're, if you're new to TRB, thank you so much and tell a friend, you know, like Star Wars, it's the holiday season. People are getting together. Uh, if you see a cousin who has a Star Wars shirt on or, you know, somebody who likes Star Wars, your uncle loves Star Wars, be like, Hey, check out this podcast. And then we could talk about it. And, and uh, have a good time. So thank you all very much. Um, James and I will be back with you all on Monday where we're going to talk a bit on something we touched on earlier on how Star Wars moving forward based on what Bob Iger said is going to toe that line between newness and nostalgia. So check in for that discussion on Monday. But until then, uh, that's it for us here on this episode of TRB. So thank you all so much. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. And until next time, We'll see you around, kids.